0: Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church and welcome to our podcast. I wanna thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, let me give you a couple examples. I'm gonna to teach today, is that all right? I'm gonna to teach today. If you can write notes, take notes. If you can take notes in your phone, I'm gonna teach today because I really feel that the Lord's given me some real truth that's gonna help you in your everyday life. We got a boat on stage, everybody, come on. It's gonna be a good day when you get a boat on stage, all right? All right, let me give you a few examples of paradoxes. Less is more, and everybody said boo to that. More is more, okay? Uh, Here's another one. The more you give, the more you get. Uh, If you don't take a risk, you're risking everything. These are different paradoxes, okay? Jesus and the Word of God is full of paradoxes, okay? Listen, biblical truth, biblical truth, Bible truth will never complement human reasoning. It'll never, it'll never make sense in human reasoning, and logic, and if you think you're gonna be a believer and follower of Jesus with human reasoning, you are lost today. Is anybody lost in this world? You're like, wow, we're starting like that today, aren't we, okay? Okay, yeah. God wants to free us today, Matthew chapter nine, verse nine says Jesus went on and from there he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. He said two words, follow me, follow me. He told them Matthew got up and followed him. Okay? You never see Jesus asking Matthew to follow him and then tell him to go, hey, go you know, spend a few months, talk to your family, your friends, read some books, have a journey to find your own truth. No, Jesus just said, follow me. Follow me now. Don't think about it. I'm the way, the truth, the life. I got a great plan for your life. come. Follow me, follow my direction. Genesis chapter 22, verse two says this. This was God speaking to Abraham. He said, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, to whom you love so much, and go to the land of Morah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on the mountain, which I will show you. Verse three, the next morning, Abraham got up early, saddled his donkey, took his two servants along with him and his son Isaac, chopped the wood for the fire for the burnt offering. Who was the burnt offering? His son set out for the place that God had told him. What do we have? We have a paradox. We have this moment that God is asking Abraham to sacrifice what? his one and only son, the son that God promised him. This is craziness. We have a paradox. I mean, really, what is the story? It is a precursor. It is a picture of the New Testament when God the Father would take his one and only son, Jesus, and sacrifice him for us. Okay. But God's brought a paradox to Abraham to do what? To ultimately lead him to the goodness of God. Why? Because Abraham takes his son to the mountain, and most of us know the story, and God what? Provides a way where there was no way. God shows Abraham what? I'm the provider. So Abraham has this instant moment with God the Father, where he now recognizes him. He says, you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider, our provider. Okay, why? Because he leaned into it. He leaned into faith that what? Didn't make sense. Sometimes the Lord is going to have you lean into faith where you go, this makes no sense, God. It actually challenges every sensibility you have inside of you. You're like, my family wouldn't agree with this. My friends wouldn't agree with this. I don't agree with this. God challenges us, gives us an opportunity to live in faith that ultimately reveals what? What you actually fear. See, that's what this word of God does. The Word of God reveals God's heart, but it also reveals, oh, I really fear men over God. Right? I really fear my paycheck not having my paycheck, or I really fear my bank account over giving to God. It reveals. Luke chapter five. This is where we're gonna spend most of our time today. Luke chapter five. We're gonna go through verse one through 11. It says, one day Jesus was preaching at the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Verse three, stepping into the boat, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. Verse four. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper, let down your nets so we can catch some fish. Verse five, master, master. He goes, hey, I gotta interrupt you for a second. We worked all night. Okay, you see that little attitude, little finger waggle? We worked all night, right? What do he say? We didn't catch anything. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets once again. Verse six, at the time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners and other boats, and soon the boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me, for I am such a sinful man. Verse nine, For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as well as the others with them. Him and his partners, James, John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. All right, we're going to learn some stuff today from this passage. Point number one today, if you're writing notes, point number one is this. Jesus needs fishermen. Jesus needs fishermen. Jesus needed their boat. He needed their boat. To what? Accomplish his will. Okay? Jesus needs what then? Jesus needs your boat. To do what? To accomplish his will in the earth. I want you to write this down. You are plan A. Okay? You are plan A. Meaning what? There is no plan B, plan C. Okay? You are plan A. And what do I mean that you are plan A? My thought that I want to provoke you with is this, is that nothing in the earth gets done except through God's people in the earth, okay? God's subject to you. He is subject to his power moving in the earth through what? Mess up humans like me and you. You are plan A. You are his plan A. When he went back to heaven, the angels asked, What's the plan? He said, well, I left my humans. I left all my human people in the earth. And they were like, what? They're the plan? God said, yep, they're my plan. You're God's plan, okay? Let me show you a picture. Put up a picture of Mel and uh, Mac for me real quick, okay? This is Mac. This is Mel. Great young couple in our church. Mel's been with Elevate, I think, since our first Sunday at the Edge Teen Center. She's been with us for about six years, okay? Great, great, wonderful couple. Just got married a little while ago. She is currently pregnant with twins, everybody. A boy and a girl. We're so excited for them, okay? Now put up those. You got another picture for me? Okay, this is is Mac and Mel at summer camp all week long, pregnant with twins. Listen, I wish you could have smelled what this church smelled like this week, okay? (laughs) You have never smelled anything like you smell. Like, I mean, you walked into the church and you're like, this is straight death right now, okay? (laughs) She is pregnant with twins here, serving, helping, All week long, it was like 90 degrees, all week long. They're outside with students, playing games, doing things with them. Young couple, young couple. But you know what I love about Mel and Mac? They say, Jesus use our boats. Jesus use us. They're faithful givers, they're faithful servants, they're faithful, they tell us all the time. Pastor Jeff, whatever you need, just tell us what you need. Jesus needs what? Fishermen. He needs you to fulfill his plans. If he couldn't use their boat, he would have never been able to speak to the crowds. If God doesn't use you, his word isn't gonna get go, his word isn't gonna go forth in the earth. Amen? God needs you. He needs your boat. Needs faithful people. Listen, because this is one of my favorite moments of the week. Because people like Mel and Mac served, and there were so many wonderful volunteers this week. I don't want to just highlight them. So many wonderful volunteers. A lot of the uh, a lot of the band volunteered this week. We had staff show up. We had so many people making this week happen. But because that happened this week, I met this freshman girl who has never gone to church in her life. And she gave her life to Jesus. This freshman girl. Why? Because people said, God, use our boat. Use my life. Use it however you want. And when that happens, what happens? The word of God goes forth and people's lives get changed. Come on, somebody. Come on. I ask you, don't make me work for this today, okay? Point number two, point number two. Your boat or Jesus' boat? Is it your boat or is it the Lord's boat? Meaning what? Your life. Is it the Lord's to use or is it, no, it's mine. Do you remember in uh, those movies, uh, I think it was Finding Nemo and the birds, they were like, mine, 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 <laughs> mine, 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 right? Whose boat is it? okay. Verse 3, it said, Jesus stepping into the boat, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, push out into the water, okay? Jesus, Jesus wants to what? Enter who? Peter's boat. He wants to enter into it, okay? Now, Peter could have instantly been selfish and said, no, 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 this is my boat, this is my work boat, this is my provision, this is how I take care of my family. No, no way, there's no way we can use this. There's no way that I'm gonna let this rabbi who is making a muck of everything right now, this rabbi who is flipping tables, this rabbi that people are angry and frustrated about, there's no way that I'm gonna allow him into my boat and to mess up my life, right? Whose boat is it? Okay, The Lord said this to me the other day. And I was so thankful. He said, Jeff, I enjoy spending time with you. I said, well, I enjoy spending time with you. I thought, thought, that's so cool. That's so cool. But I'm here to tell you, the Lord enjoys spending time with you. He loves hearing your worship. He loves hearing when you talk to him. He loves spending time with you. You know what the Lord loves to do also? He loves to give us fresh thoughts about life and our future and our destiny and our purpose and our children, everything. And so I started thinking about, about fishing, okay? When two people go fishing, let me ask a question, what do they do most of the day? Somebody tell me, okay? What do they do most of the day, okay? Huh? Wait, and do What? You said it, talk, right? I've been fishing. It's a terrible sport if you, okay? You just sit for hours waiting for these horrible fish to bite your little lure, okay? But you know what you do a lot? You do what? You talk a lot. You sit in the boat. Oh, Lord Jesus. You sit. You take about Three seconds to cast out. You lay the pole there, and then you sit. And you do what? You talk, right? So when I'm asking the question, will you let Jesus in your boat, I'm referring to what? Jesus wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you about your life. He wants to give you fresh ideas But are you allowing him into what Jesus wants, into what? Your daily, into the daily, into that attitude, into that moment that something foul came out of your mouth, into that moment where you're deciding, are we going to honor the Lord as a family or not honor the Lord? God wants into your daily. He wants into your boat. He wants into your life to give you what? Fresh perspective and fresh thought. Amen? Amen. Okay. Wow, Pastor Jeff, this is really good today. Really good. I know it is. The Lord gave it to me. It's not mine. Okay. Point number three is this, the deep. Everybody look at your neighbor, say the deep. Okay. Say the deep. Okay. When he had finished speaking to Simon, he said, go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Peter replies, We've worked all night and didn't catch anything. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets once again. Okay? And I wanna show you something. I think this is something I deal with, and I think this is something we all deal with. I'm gonna show you how I get stuck in my faith. Anybody else get stuck sometimes in your faith, in the journey of trusting the Lord? Okay, and I understand that faith isn't just something that comes naturally. It is the fight of faith. It's the fight for us to push past our human reasoning, emotions, feelings, to go, I'm going to trust the Lord. But sometimes we get stuck. And sometimes I get stuck right here, okay? There's this paradox where Jesus is going, let's go back out into the deep. Oh, to the same place I was just at all night long, Jesus? To the same waters that I didn't catch a single fish, Jesus? Can you hear the sarcasm? Okay, right? Let alone, it is the middle of the day now, and it is hot. And, you know, if we're just gonna be honest, I think fish swim to the bottom when it's hot, not to the top, right? This paradox. Jesus is calling them back out to the same waters. They caught nothing. And this sometimes is where my faith gets stuck and I will have a complaining attitude with Jesus. Right? Like, really, Lord? You want me to love that person that's been talking behind my back? You want me to forgive that person? You want me to care for that person? Yeah, right, Jesus. You know what I mean? like, Right? Like, like, Lord, you want me to trust in faith where there is zero provision right now? You want me to take a step of faith? Let me give you an example. This last January, the Lord, before January, the Lord told me to support the depentees and what they're doing in Haiti. And he gave me a number. And I said, Lord, that's a lot of money. And I said, Lord, I don't have that money. He goes, do it. He said, I didn't ask you if you had the money. I'll ruin the brings the money. You trust me and do what I ask you to do. I was like, okay, God, <laughs> right? Well, complain to God. Or listen, this is where I get stuck a lot of times. I'm just physically so tired that my responses are incorrect. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You just respond to everything in life with just anger and frustration and like, you know what I mean? People just read your face and they just move out of your way. You know what I mean? I don't want to touch that, you know, right? We get stuck in this place where we go, God, I don't see and I don't understand how it'll all work. This is the big one. There's so many moments and times where I feel God leading me out into the deep and I'm like, God, how is it gonna work? How is it gonna come together? I can't logically understand and see what you're doing right now. And this is where we get stuck. We get stuck in our faith. We get stuck going, Jesus, there's no provision out there. Right? This is what Peter's saying. He's saying, Jesus, we were just out there. There's nothing out there. Why are we going back there, God? I felt like the Lord was like, this is the perspective right now, okay? The perspective is this, the stock market's failing, inflation's on the rise, future recession, gas prices, and we all think, God, how are we gonna make it? Oh, I'm getting to the heart of things today, right? How are we going to make it, God? How are we going to survive? And then what really comes to the surface of our soul is what? This issue we call fear and doubt, right? It's fear and doubt. How, God? How are we going to make this? See, If there's one thing that Peter did right, and I want you to write this down. If there's one thing he did right, he did this. He valued Jesus' words over his own words. Did you see the conversation? The conversation, Peter, you know, says, hey, I gotta release my grievances. Lord, there's nothing out there. We were out there all night. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense we're going back out there. But he says one thing at the very end. He says, at your word, at your word, not my word, at your word, Jesus, at your powerful, amazing, creative words, at your words, I will drop the nets again. He valued Jesus' words over what? He valued it over his own opinion. We all have opinions, right? Sometimes I don't want to hear everybody's opinions, right? We value sometimes our own experiences. Sometimes our past experiences are what's directing and moving our life, and God's going, I'm not even in the past anymore. I'm in your future, and you're living in your past. Sometimes we value disappointments. We got to go, God, I was disappointed, The Lord just showed me something I was disappointed with for five years. I was so upset, so disappointed, and then all of a sudden, the Lord flipped my perspective, and I said, God, thank you for not answering that prayer. Thank you that you saved me. Thank you, God, that you didn't answer what I wanted. I was living in disappointment, but you were actually bringing me to blessing. Thank you, Jesus, that you are in control. Amen? Listen, sometimes, sometimes, because we don't value God's word, because we don't value what God says, we're missing out on God's blessing for our life. Because we don't have a value for his truth. We don't have a value for what he is saying. Peter said, at your word, not my word, not my opinion, not my thoughts, but yours. Verse four said, go out where it's deeper, where it's deeper. I looked up this word, that word deeper just stuck out to me. And I looked up the Hebrew meaning of deeper and it meant this, it meant the grave and an abyss. A grave and an abyss, okay? So let me ask a question. I want your answer. What lives in the grave? Okay, you guys look at me like I'm I'm asking a trick question, okay? (laughs) You all are like, it is all like second grade all over again. You're like, oh God, everybody is looking at me right now. I can't say the wrong thing. Death, thank you, right? Death lives in graves. Jesus is saying, yes, physically, we're going to go out deeper, but he's dealing with what? What is he dealing with? He's dealing with the death in Peter's heart. Well, what is the death? Good question. It's his doubt in Jesus. It's his doubt in Jesus. God, there's nothing out there. But the creator of the universe just said there is. There's no way, God. But the Bible says that nothing's impossible with Jesus Christ. He's dealing with the death John 10.10 says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus and my purpose is to give you a rich, satisfied life. I want that life. Okay, so what does Peter have to do? He has to learn to trust Jesus, just like me and you. Okay? Look, I want you to see something. Jesus is dealing with something physical. He will deal with the physical first. Right? So he's dealing with what? He's dealing with Peter's job. He's dealing with Peter's income. He's dealing with actual food, substance. Jesus is dealing with something physical. Because here's the deal. If Peter, me, us, we can't trust God with the physical, we will never be able to trust God with the supernatural. If you can't trust God with the physical, you'll never be able to see beyond because all you can see is what is in front of you. And if God can't provide for what's directly in front of you, this is why giving is so important to the believer. This is so important. I'll, I'll show you, okay? Because God's giving you the opportunity through giving to see the goodness of God. Because in no human reasoning or way should you be able to live off 90%. It doesn't make sense it never makes sense but God's going I'm going to show you through physical things that you can trust me and see my goodness and if you can trust me with physical things then you'll be able to trust me to do great and mighty works because what did Jesus say you and I would do greater works than Jesus did We're supposed to, you're supposed to heal the blind. You're supposed to pray for the sick. You're supposed to get friends and family and coworkers saved. You are supposed to have the same power that raised Christ from the dead, working and breathing and working through you. But if you can't trust God for the physical, every day, God, you're gonna provide no matter what. I don't care what economy it is. I say that and you think that I'm just saying that. I don't care. God is good and he is faithful. He's never late. He's always on time. Jesus is dealing with the physical because here's the deal. If I can't, you can't, we can't trust Jesus with the physical, our income, our future ability, physical food, if we can't trust Jesus with this, then what? We're never gonna be able to trust him with our hearts. And then what is church? It's just a religious thing we do to make ourselves feel better right? Then it's just something religious. We just show up on Sunday just to make ourselves feel better. It has nothing to do with a personal, intimate relationship that we are growing and moving and changing in Jesus. Man, this is a good word. Listen, you see it in the interaction that Jesus had with the disciples. Everything was personal, Jesus was never, (laughs) the religious leaders were the ones that set them apart from everybody else. Jesus never set himself apart from the people. He was in the middle with the people. He spent the days with the people. He spent the days with the disciples. He was intimate. He was relational. Why? He's showing us the heart of God. God wants a intimate relationship with us that he's giving us fresh vision, fresh understanding every day as we sit in the boat and we talk about life and we share our ups and our downs and we trust the Lord with our future. Woo! Telling you. Ray, come on up. Worship team, come on up. Point number four is this. Shocked. They were shocked. Let me show you this. It's in the Passion Translation. When they pulled up their nets. See, they thought when they pulled up their nets, there was going to be nothing there. Even their response, even Peter's response. Well, God, at your word, I'll do this. God, if you say so, I'll do this. He didn't believe that there was gonna be anything in those nets. You ever seen those fishing shows where they put out the pots and they're coming back and they're hoping and believing that there's crab, they're hoping and believing that there's fish in the pots, and they pull up the pot and there's like a Frisbee in the pot and there's there's no f- fish, right? This is what they believe is going to happen, okay? Where there is no way, there is a way. This is what they believe. They believe there's gonna be nothing there. Verse six, it says, they were shocked, shocked to see the huge catch of fish. The other version said what? There was so many fish Fish, their boats began to just sink. They're shocked. How many of you saw the recent Spider-Man movie? Okay, recent Spider-Man, a few of you, okay? So I took the boys to think this was back around Christmas to the new Spider-Man movie. I knew nothing about it. And I love knowing nothing about. It. Like, if you're a spoiler person, get away from me. Satan, get behind me. I don't want to talk to you, okay? So many people are like, have you seen the new Jurassic Park? And I'm like, no. And if you say a word, oh, it'll be the end of you, okay? I've been at camp for the last two weeks, all right? There was this moment in the movie, put up that picture, where I was like. What is going on right now? They brought all three different Spider-Mans from three different universes and three different movie things and brought them all together. They brought out Tobey Maguire. Anybody a Tobey Maguire fan? Uh, We're gonna have a prayer session at the end of service for you, okay? All right, we're believing for your soul, okay? Andrew Garfield, any fans? Come on. He is the one. Listen, if there's a a Jesus Spider-Man, he's the Jesus Spider-Man, okay? The one and true, faithful one, okay? And I kind of like Tom Holland, okay? This this moment, I'm in the theater. I haven't been shocked in a long time, but I'm like sitting there, like jumping, like they're doing it. All three Spider-Mans! Yeah! You know what I mean? Everybody's geeking out, everybody's minds are just melting at that moment, you know. You're like, oh my gosh! Three Spider-Mans at the same time! Best movie ever, you know what I mean? Right? This is our reaction at movies. This is This is what's happening to Peter and these boys. They're shocked. Shocked at what? The goodness of God. They are overwhelmed. They can't even understand. It comes to the very place that Peter says, Jesus, get away from me, because I'm such a sinful man. I never believed this would ever happen. And that's what God is trying to deal with, with your heart today. See, isn't it interesting that Peter referred to it as sin? Ooh. God goes, when you don't trust me, when you don't trust my word, when you don't trust my plans, you're actually living in sin you're actually living in sin. And you think, see, this is what's interesting about 2022. We don't have the fear of the Lord anymore. We fear man. We fear systems. We fear the economy. We fear so many different things, but we don't fear God anymore. And we don't fear his word. And we don't fear his truth. And we don't fear what he has spoken to us. And we push it off and we push the Holy Spirit away and we push the Holy Spirit away and the Holy Spirit comes and He nudges you with His love and His grace and we're like, get out of here. I don't want any of that. And God goes, I want to heal your heart. The Lord said to me, do you want to be shocked at my goodness? Do you want to be shocked at my goodness? to the place that you go, I can't take any credit for this. I had this couple one time, they were leaders of mine, young leaders. But uh, let's just say they made a lot of money. And they came to me. They were leaders in my youth group and I would talk about giving in our youth group to our youth kids because I wanted to teach them from the very beginning how to honor God. And they came to me one time, they said, We just can't understand this idea of giving. It would cost us so much money, but we've heard what you said and we believe what God is saying and we're gonna try it for one year. And I was like, yes, yes. So they keep serving with us for a year. Listen, you all have conversations with me and you bring it up like two, three years later, you remember what you said to me? And I'm like, no, I don't remember what I said to you. I say a lot of things to a lot of different people. I've a thousand conversations during a week. I'm sorry. And they came back to me. And they're like, hey, do you remember that conversation? In this conversation, I did remember. And I'll be honest with you. There was a little place in my gut where I was like, they're going to tell me how terrible of a decision that they made and they've lost so much money this year. And they looked at me and they said, we did our taxes. And I was like, okay, (laughs) is that good or bad? And they said, they said, we have owed for the last five years, every year we owe, we owe, we owe. And they said, we don't understand but we're getting a $21,000 tax return this year. And we've had multiple people redo our taxes because we couldn't believe this was happening. And they kept redoing them and every single one of them kept back with the same number, $21,000. And they said, we are shocked. I said, this is what happens when you serve Jesus. This is what happens when you trust him. This is what happens when you put him first. This is what happens when you let him in your boat. This is what happens when Jesus is the Lord of your life. Why don't you stand up this morning? We're gonna sing that bridge again. Where there is no way, there is a way. I want this to be a prayer for you. I want this to be a declaration for you. I want this to be a moment that you're saying, Lord, I've been struggling following you in faith and trust, but Lord, my declaration today is where there is no way, you will always make a way. I can trust you. I can allow you into my boat. I can trust you with my heart. I can trust you with my future. I can trust you with my finances. I can trust you with my life. I can trust you in the things that don't make sense, and I have disappointments and frustrations. God, I can trust you. Come on, raise your hands to heaven. Come on, let's sing this out.